Now, now, sale. This is Pastor Tanya Uyola, affectionately known as Pastor Tan. I wanted to kind of let you know that yes, this is the reason, and for the season is Jesus. And I wanted to let you know that sometimes we have to be able to mourn and to grieve, and then we have to get up and move. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. You have to be able to take some losses, some for some things that, you know, is out of our control as the body of Christ. We have to be able to let some things go, cut some things off and also be able to let God handle it. And then at the same exact time, you know, I've lost so many good friends over the years and it does take a toll out of you know, on me, as well as my relationship with other people. And then at the same time, I just don't know how to be able to tell you, but as a human being, we develop all of these relationships, close ties with people. And then they don't become what we thought they were going to be or what we knew as a child or having this envision of who that person was and then coming to the reality and the grips of that was not what they used to be or how they used to conduct themselves. And for some of us, that is a time of analyzing, recognizing, and then having to go and having to separate ourselves from it. And it's hard in the body of Christ because you've developed so much into this person. And I don't know if it is your pastor, prophet, evangelist. I mean, even some of your close friends, family members, and even to your children or your your spouse. And then you have these kind of conflicts in your mind, like, wait a minute, God, should I stay here or should I go or, you know, what? you know, is going on. And the reality is that God is showing you these things is because he has for you to be able to go and grow. And I was like, man, these are some of the things that some of the body of Christ is going through exactly right now. And I know that sometimes we can't always be able to sit there and say, wait a minute, hold on, this is kind of getting kind of fast. But then God is trying to be able to tell you all along what was going on. And we are just now our minds subconsciously and, and our, our reality is starting to intermingle, which means it's, it's starting to really just, you know, God stopping, God dropping shock and amazement and just, wow, this is really what's going to happen. And this is what's going to be able to go into details. So my subject, and I'm still going to be in uh, stories and songs, and it goes with what God was dealing with me on this week. And I had to be able to realize that Some people in the body of Christ don't realize how bad or the magnitude of who you are until that part of you is already gone. And then having to get to the grips of it is 
like just mind blowing. And I had to go back into the scriptures because it was just weighing heavy on me how sometimes we as the body of Christ, we don't sit back and realize that God brought us so far, not just so far, but he's given us so much. And we as a human being, sometimes we downplay that. We sometimes think small when I've heard so much of this this week. God is like, no, think big, think huge, think, you know, enormously mind blowing. I mean, out of out of reality, out of humans perspective of how God is in your lives. I mean, he given us so much and we don't even fathom the depths of who God is in our lives. And then at the same exact time, he gives us that reality that we are at a pivotal moment in our lives. I mean, it's just so like, it's, it's like you are there on a cliff and we're about to step off of the cliff, not knowing that you are either going to drop or you're going to soar. Let me see. Let me see that one more time for the people in the back. See, I had to realize that God was sitting here and he was strategically placing me in different places for my benefit. And for his glory, I'm going to say that one more time for my benefit, but for his glory. Amen. And I was like, let me go back to also, I mean, I'm going to go back to Samuel and it was like running through my head until God gave it to me and it clicked. And I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, we as the body of Christ, human beings, we, our minds and our thoughts run, but also at the same exact time, I mean, with vision and dreams, if that's your blessing and your, your gift, God gives you. And it runs in front of you until you honestly sit there and it smacks you in the face. And it can be metaphorically or physically that it's going to be able to come forth and it's going to manifest in God's way in his time. So when Samuel and I'm at first Samuel and I want to go to the 15th chapter first, because some people overlook this and I mean, it was so detailed about how Saul had pretty much left God. And I mean, it was so calculatedly disturbing that, you know, it's not just you that leaves God. It's the, also the people that are surrounding you. They see the magnitude of it when you leave God. And then at the same exact time, it was like Samuel, the prophet Samuel, because he was so in tune with God, it disturbed him so. And I mean, it's so, you know, hard for you to see somebody that used to be so huge. I mean, so, so, so captivated in God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That's so in, embedded in having their roots deep in God. And then you see them go the wrong way or God says, you know what? My spirit can't dwell with them anymore. 
And and then at the same time, you are just like, wow, why did you do these things? Why did you go and disobey me? Why did you make a sacrifice? Why did you go before me when it was supposed to be my position in my time? That is supposed to be pleasing God. And I mean, Samuel had to feel like, you know, so betrayed, but also at the same time, it's like God stopping that when God sits there and he says in the first Samuel, the 15th chapter, and let's go up to the 24th and then go down to the 26th verse. And it says, and Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned for I have transgressed the commandments of the Lord and thy words because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Don't you know that you are teeter-tottling, rushing roulette with your life if you sit there and you go and you rely on a man, man's opportunity to be your voice and your leadership instead of the almighty. My God, that's, that's treading on so many dangerous territory because you want to people please someone else instead of going with where God was selling you. That is something that we should not do in the body of Christ. Now, when it goes down to the 25th Verse, now therefore I pray thee, pardon my sin and turn again with me and that I may worship the Lord. Don't you know that God will give you so much grace and mercy? And we're living in that time where grace and mercy abound. But if you keep doing your sins, keep doing against God and the transgressions, do you understand that when God turns you over, he's giving you so much time to realize your sin and what you've been doing. Now he sits there and he says, now God, I need you to be able to forgive me. Why the prophet to Samuel said, Look, can you please forgive me and and forgive my transgressions and work with me? And don't you know, Jesus, this is so dangerous that at the 26th verse, and Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee, my God, for thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. And the Lord hath rejected thee from being king over Israel. My God, there is such a thing as so much falling away now that you don't understand the validity. So many people have been able to be tempted of their self sin that they want to gratify the sin in the flesh and the man that you don't even listen to God anymore when he called you. You don't even sit there and recognize that God is calling you in this last and evil days, but yet and still you want to go ahead and go with what your flesh is telling you. You want to sit there and say, I'm going to go ahead and sleep with the same person that is of the same sex as you. And then at the same time, 
time. You want to drink and smoke and do whatever you want to do. God is not pleased because his temple, that's his anointing that's in that temple. But once you've been sinning that much and doing what God said not to do, and he was calling on witchcraft, calling on divination for them to see what's going on. Don't you know that he said, I'm turning you over. And don't you know, because of so much sin that Saul did, Samuel had to sit there and tell them, tell him, I can no longer dwell with you because the commandments of the Lord are not respected. Ooh, Jesus. Wake up, United States of America. So much this president, so much that he has done that is not of God and accepting things as same-sex marriage and doing all of these things that is not of God. It has been an abomination from the beginning. Now you're starting to see that the ramifications of taking prayer out of schools and then having to see about same-sex marriages, then you have so much divination, you see so much sin, you see so much stealing violence, you see so much murder, killing of innocent blood and having so many things on their hands. The blood is on their hands on tonight. And don't you know, God is not pleased. So please wake up the United States of America. I am not here to sit here and tell you that it's going to be easy for us. If we sit there and we tell God, earnestly, genuinely say, Lord, please forgive us. Get on your hands and knees and say, I'm sorry, Lord, genuinely. And say, please forgive me of all the sins that I've committed in my heart, in my mind, in my soul. Don't you know the things that I've done? God, I want to be able to sit there and tell you, please, I am sorry. Lord, I'm asking you to forgive me. Lord, I'm asking you to come in and repair me. I'm asking you, God, to take me back to where I first believe. God, I'm asking you right now in the name of Jesus. I want to be able to be reconciled with you on today. I know that I've done so wrong and I, and I deserve death, but I'm asking you, God. Repentance, my God. But when he said in the 26th verse, and Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee for thou hast rejected the word of the Lord and the Lord has rejected thee from being king over Israel. Don't you know with every fiber of Samuel's being because he was ordained of God and as a prophet. Our words, our actions, it speaks volumes when we go out, when we preach, when we, when we tell you what thus says the Lord, it speaks volumes so much that it had, we have to guard our minds and our hearts and our souls because we are the ambassadors to what God is trying to put out to the people. When he had to say those things. You have to understand, put it in your perspective. 
You have known Samuel, chosen Samuel. And then God has been able to choose Saul through the prophet Samuel and having to feel as though Samuel was guiding him, trying to give him the right antidotes, attention, understanding the measures of God, the word of God, and for him to be able to turn his ear an itching ear to someone else of mankind has no statue, no validity, no nothing towards their spiritual being, but yet it's still, you're going to cater to them? Oh my God, that is a death warrant he has already sealed. I will let you know, people, men and women of God, we serve a higher being than mankind. And we have to answer to him. At the end of our lives. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We are responsible, responsible for our actions. And it's all written in the book of, it's, it's all taken down. And I, I had to, you know, just, I know it's not in the scriptures and I'm not there, but physically I feel feel for Samuel because I know it's like a rage and his anger and then also at the same time it's hurt and and it's so filtered you were I was guiding you God was guiding you through me and I was the one that was supposed to take care of you and for you to mess up as such as you've done it is unacceptable now when we go to First Samuel, the 16th chapter, and it says in the first verse, in the King James Version, and please get your word out because I want you to hear. And I mean, you can go back to the, to the 15th chapter and the 16th chapter and read it in its entirety. But I'm telling you, you need to get it for yourself. I'm not, I'm only here as God's voice and, and spokes, but you need to be reading it on a daily basis because it's food for your soul. Now, first Samuel 16 chapter first verse. And the Lord said unto Samuel, how long wilt thou moan for Saul? Seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Don't you know it hurt him? Because he felt like he failed. He felt like he did not do God his due diligence or justice in being able to train him up as a king and, and as the ruler over Israel, his people. We take it personally. It's just like if one of our children went out there and committed something and we take that personally because we raised that child. We, we helped to nourish that child, put shoes and clothes and food and having to have an education. And then for that child to go out there and not be able to live up the potential and standards that you placed in them. That's, that's hard. And, and it's a hard thing because he was the first. Y'all, y'all don't get it though. See, when it's, when it, when he was chosen up, Samuel went out and chose Saul to be king. 
And even though he didn't want to, God gave him permission, but also at the same time, God gave him authority to make sure to assist him to do what's right. And now he sees that his whole entire being, his whole entire faculties have been able to not fulfill everything that he was supposed to do. See, I take it personally and I know he took it personally. And see, sometimes we can't take it so personally because God sits there and says he has a choice. I've given them a choice. And it says it in Joshua, choose ye this day whom you will serve, whether it be God or man. And at the same time, Samuel was hurt. He, he was furious, hurt, dis, disruptive, disappointed, upset because he was able to sit there and say, you know what? This is, I'm talking. God is being able to go through me to tell you what's going on and telling you that you shouldn't do this. The sacrifices should only go to the priest and not to you and all of these different things. And I was supposed to go before you in battle. And I was supposed to, but because you didn't have the patience, because you didn't wait on God, because you didn't, because you didn't. That's the problem with us. Me included. We have this issue that we don't want to wait on God. We don't want to sit there and we don't want to sit there and say, you know what, God, let me, let me do it. Let me let it happen in your time. And I had a post and go see that on Facebook. And it was under the post. It is written by L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A. Once again, it is written by L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A. And I was saying, let God be God. See, some of us want to sit here and not give God his just due because we want to hurry up and you know do those things and I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself because I'm excited because God was sitting there and showing Samuel telling him how long are you gonna moan moaning is a process of agonizing hurt and feelings of disappointment and discouragement and hurt and even sometimes depression and it, it, it gnaws at you. And it's like, I did something wrong, God. Why is it that I have to sit here and I feel like this? And don't you know? That's why he asked him. And the Lord said unto Samuel, how long wilt thou mourn for Saul? Seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. How long will you start? How long will you feel like this? See, I had to reject him because this is what it was the proper thing to do because he was not in my countenance. He was not using the facilities of what God has given him, which was the word of God. And he wasn't using the man of God, the prophet that was speaking, thus says the Lord. So now I have to move on. My God. My God. So he tells him, fill thy horn with oil and go. 
Wait, wait, wait. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold up, Pastor. What you talking? No, he said, feel thine horn. And since this is the same one that he anointed King Saul with, and don't you know because the anointing destroys the, woohoo, destroys the yoke. He had to go in and sit there and say, you know what? Stop. Halt. Feel thine horn with oil and go. So he wants you to be able to fulfill what he has and you don't have to feel bad about what happened, but you got to keep going. He didn't want you to pause, Samuel, but he needed you to be able to understand. Stop what, start the break of what was going on and now you have to go. See, some of us want to stay there. And then God said, no, I, how long are you going to mourn him? No, see, I need you to fill your oil and your horn with oil. And I need you to what? Go immediately. I, I, I need you to get up. I need you to wipe your face. I need you to stop feeling depressed. I, I need you to stop agonizing. I need you to stop mourning and crying and having sadness. And I need you to get up and move. Move with a purpose. Go and excel. I need you to be able to put fortitude behind your butt and get up and go. I will send thee to Jesse, the Bethlehemite. You know him. That's Jesus' granddaddy. For I have provided me a king amongst his sons. So Samuel, prophet Samuel had to go and say, you know what? I got to keep going. See, some of us, we still hurt. We still have that pain. But God is like, I need you to keep going. I, I, I know the, the disappointment and I know the hurt that you feel and I know the pain that you feel because of a death or, or disappointment or the hurt or, or, or the betrayal or, or the anxiety or, or just sitting there and saying, wait a minute, God, I feel, but your emotions don't have nothing to do with it anymore. I'm telling you, I need you to go because I've already chosen someone else. Now, what I'm saying is this is that it's not that God does not know how you feel and he doesn't, it's not like he doesn't know your infirmities because he does. He knows when you cry and he knows when you're angry and he knows. But at the same exact time, God wants you to get up off the mourning and the crying. And the depression and the hurt and all of the scars. He needs you to get up and move. My God. Y'all don't hear me though. See, when he said, verse 2, and Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. Oh, see, wait a minute, Prophet Saul. Sam, see, he went back to the old man. See, he went back into the, see, he went and he feared what man would say. But let's, let's go, let's keep going. And the Lord said, take an heifer with thee, which is a donkey, 
and say, or Cal, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. Now, God will give you a way of escape. Are you going to take it? When God shows you about that person or God shows you the situation in the church or God shows you the business opportunity or God shows you the investment or God shows you when you can be able to get the house or God shows you how to be able to manage your finances and then having to be able to sit there and love on your marriage and, and having to do all these different things in your children and how to be able to govern them. What are you going to do? God gives you opportunities. We have to what? Move on it. My God, that's that's my word for this uh, year for me. Move. Move. Rapido. Move. Spanish, it means move. Move. Y'all better move. 2023, better move. Move, move, move. Thank you, Jesus. And let's go, because I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. But it was it's good. It's juicy. Verse 3, and call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what ought shall excuse me, what thou shalt do. And it says, and thou shalt anoint unto him, excuse me. Unto me, him whom I named unto thee. Let me say it one more time. Let me let me go back and call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do, and thou shalt anoint unto me him whom I name unto thee. And verse four, and Samuel did that which the Lord spake, and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Cometh thou peacefully, because a prophet is supposed to come. When they come, you know it's sometimes it's the majority of the time is destruction. It's the last will and testament. That's your time to sit there and say, wait a minute, God, let me get let me get myself straight. But so many people want to sit here and say, well, prophets are only for wealthy and um, this nimmy nimmy stuff. And I'm going to get the all this mess and everything else. No, let me tell you something. In the word of God, in the olden time, I'm talking about when God sat there and had the prophets established. It was pretty much to tell you either it's going to be destruction. Thus says the Lord. And then at the same time, you might be the last time that you will be seeing people on the earth because God has given you judgment. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. See, all the time that we need to understand a prophet is not somebody that is witchcraft. I'm not going to sit here and tell you your fortune. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. I'm only here to say, thus says the Lord. And also the same exact time that sometimes it's just, look, God has given you so many times that you screwed up. Now it's your time to sit there and say, you know what? I'm done. God said, I'm done. You done. But see, in this particular time, when the people, the town knew that the elders knew that he was coming, 
They had to honestly, I mean, they were trembling. That means they were fearful. Their soul was like, no way, Jose. He, a prophet is coming. Uh-uh. No, ma'am. No, sir. What is going on? God, what do we do? We need to be saying the same thing. When you see somebody coming that is of God and you are not right, you need to get right. This is the time or in the season to do so. Amen. Now, that's why they said, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, cometh thou peacefully. Because shoot, he was, if he wasn't coming peacefully, they knew some mess was going to go down. They knew that somebody was dying. Something was about to be killed. Somebody was going off. So what in the truth? Let's just be honest. All right. Now, verse five, and he said, peacefully, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to, to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the, to the sacrificed verse six. And it came to pass that when they were come that he looked on Elba and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Now I looked up his name and I'm going to tell you when I looked it up, I was like, my God, wait a minute. Hold the phone. He looked like To be honest with you, he looked like, and it said it in the word of God, like he looked like Saul. He was very statuesque. He was very prominent. He was very, very, very elongated, very, very nice looking, everything. And it says it that his name means God is my father. So when Samuel saw him, it was like, okay, God, I mean, that's the one, that's it, bingo, okay, my, my mission is done, all right, we, we, we gonna anoint you, and it's gonna be all right, it's gonna be gravy, this is all right now, but then look, <laughs> I love how God said, pump your brakes, in the next one, in the next verse, and I'm just paraphrasing. That's not in the word of God, but I'm just saying. Verse seven, but the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his statue, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not a man seeth, for the Lord looks on the outward appearance. No, excuse me, for the man looks on the outward appearance. But the Lord looketh on the heart. Oh, let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Verse 7, but the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his statue, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord Oh, Lord. But the Lord looketh on the heart. Now, I'm going to tell you like this. If you honestly will look at him, he looks as beautiful as Saul. 
but that's not what God wanted. And I love how God sat there and he was very specific and selective about who he wanted King next. He wanted someone and they say it all the time when they talk about King David, a man after God's own heart. Isn't that so true and so trustworthy? Can God say that about you? Ooh, wait a minute, pastor. Now, if it hurts, say, ow, and and let's keep going. No, honestly, can God say that about you? Can God sit there and say, you know what? That is my child. That is my daughter. That is my son. And they are someone that's after my own heart. See, the thing of it is, is that even though he was, Samuel was hurting and you know, he, he had to put his emotion aside. He had to put everything that he went through with Saul aside so that he can be able to do God's work. And I know that sometimes we don't always go and get what we want. We, we don't always get the best assignments. We don't always get the ones that we want to have, but then God reminds you that, you know, his ways are not your ways and his thoughts are not your thoughts. So this is pretty much when you said thine will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When you sat there and said, you know what, God, you can take all of me and less of me and more of you, man. Now you're starting to see a little bit of what, as a prophet, Samuel had to go through. And I'm telling you this because, and you can read the rest of it. And then at the same time, it sent me so much so that when he was done looking at all of the children, and it goes down to the 11th verse, and Samuel said unto Jesse, are here all thine children. And he said, there remaineth yet the youngest and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, send and fetch him for we will not sit down till he cometh hither. Verse 12. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was rubby, and withdrawal of to look at. <laughs> Excuse me. Let me go back. And he sent and brought him in. Beautiful. Excuse me. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was rubby and withal of a beautiful countenance. And goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him for this is he. Now, you know, and I know that when you are out, for some of us that have been to the field, or even as a farmer, or just having hard work in general outside, you're going to get grubby. You're going to get nasty, musty, disgusting. You're going to have dirt around you. You're going to, you know, be able, if you're chilling the ground, you're going to have a whole lot of dust on you and you're going to 
you know, and even if it's, you know, sometimes the farm and I used to, I used to be able to do that when I was little. See, some of us don't realize how hard work can be beneficial to children. But I used to get up and I used to go and I had to go and feed the chickens and make sure that Diablo, and, and that was truly what I thought he was named, because um, he had red eyes and he was a, a pretty much, he was a hog, but he had those um, tusks. And, you know, you know, my granddaddy would tell me, Big Daddy would tell me, never, you know, turn away from him. Always when you're feeding him, make sure you have eye contact with him. So, and I got to do this before I go to school. So I would get up, get dressed, and then I would, you know, after I finished doing my chores, I would go ahead and I would go and take a shower because I would feel better. And then go to school. But since David didn't have that time and he, you know, Samuel said we will wait for him to come in and you see his countenance and you see how he was, but he was, he was already anointed because of who he was in his heart. It wasn't about what he looked like. It was about how he loved God. And how he was able to get in a in a position and in the promises and in his heart, just the love of God. And and just have that fullness of him and having a good relationship, I mean intimate relationship with God. He would sit for hours just being able to talk to God. And, and having that reverence of God and, and knowing, not just fearing God, but the reverence, I mean, the respect of God in his life, on his life. And how he conducted himself, that spoke volumes. So the 13th verse, then Samuel took the horn of the oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David which was the holy spirit holy ghost from that day forward so samuel rose up and went to raham now did he go and become king right away no absolutely not but you know what the spirit of the lord came upon david and it took him a while to become king but don't you know, because Samuel moved when God said move, he was able to find another king that was anointed of God. Now, let me say this. When you move in God, the spirit of God is well pleased with you. The Holy Spirit, which gives you the discernment and lets you know right from wrong. And he lets you be able to help you maneuver and guide you. And it's like a GPS system. Let's just say it like that navigation within us. 
so to speak. And then you're able to be obedient to God and be able to do what thus says the Lord and be able to be in sync with the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost if you prefer. And then you have Jesus' blood on you. You have the win-win situation. Oh, let me say that one more time for the people in the back. See, some of y'all don't realize how good we got it. Because you being obedient to God, then you have also the Holy Spirit. And then you sit up there and you are having covered underneath the blood of Jesus. And then as you are doing what thus says the Lord, God's not going to stop wanting to bless you. Not, not wanting to elevate you. But at the same exact time, you need to be able to sit there and not just wait on God, but move and be obedient. When he says move, you move immediately. And when you go and do what thus says the Lord, don't you see that Samuel was able to have a front row seat? In being able to anoint the one that God said so. And also at the same time, Samuel was able to still be covered and do what thus says the Lord. No matter what, God's got you covered when you move in him. What do you mean, pastor? When I say it's like humbleness, it's like Better than honey on a honeycomb. When you when you get to be in the presence of God and the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost comes down and comes and he just illuminates and enlightens you on certain situations. And then you are able to hear God. And I mean, he changes the frequency so that you can be able to hear from him. That is pure holiness. It's like better than so many different things that you have had in your lifetime. When you can sit there and honestly have a fellowship with God. I mean, that had to lighten Saul's, excuse me, Samuel. Had to lighten Samuel so much. I mean, the joy had to be able to come back. The pep in his step. Had to be able to come back. I mean, from all the different things that Samuel had to encounter, from the loss and the ridicule and the hurt and the pain, for him to see firsthand that God had chosen David and having to see all of that, that's got to be huge. That's like God giving me another second chance on how I can be able to instruct and influence the next person that is of God and has the obedience to learn and know God and teach them the word of God and and just go and do what God says. I mean, that's a win-win situation. I mean, I would be so, I'm just saying, I'm not Samuel, but I would be just, it would be so glorious just to have somebody, just to have him. And then at the same time, having the anointing and you can, I mean, just 
I mean, that's, oh my God, you don't understand. Just, I mean, now you're starting to see so much chaos and so much hurt and so much pain and everything else. But then at the same time, when you sit there and you get fellowship with God and the Holy Spirit, and then God comes down and he comes and he sits with you. You, you, I mean, man, I don't know how to describe it, but it's better than, you know, anything that the world can give you and, and to have it all seen in front of you. Like, I mean, to have it, to be the witness of that, that's gotta be something just like, wow, like jaw dropping, like, man, I saw that. Like, I never thought that would happen, but I seen that in my, in my time. Like just to see some blessings that God is giving people and you are able to see it at the first time and you are foreshadowing everything that they see. And then it becomes the past. It's just something that is so blessing to see. I mean, it's like the best kept secret because you know who God is and he would not you know, withhold anything from his people and just to see God's people being blessed. I mean, out of so many different hurts and pains, and then you see God blessing, you see his anointing, you see his prosperity on your hand, the hand on of God on that person. That's, that's man, you can't even, wow. You, I'm like, man, I will be shook because I saw it first and then to have God have it to come to pass. I don't know. I I, I just, I praise God because God let me see and God let me be able to see. Amen. I mean, but let's just read on. 14 verse, but the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. It is a huge. This is something that we need to understand is that the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. That is Jesus. And for some, it said, you know, 20 years. Jesus, I don't want God to ever go away from me. I don't want the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost to be gone from me because that makes you empty. And that emptiness will be filled with something else. And the enemy can come in. And I use this analogy of someone driving and then When the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost is gone from being in the driving position. And then you have an evil spirit to come in. Oh, Jesus, my Lord. Don't you know that some of the people and celebrities in Hollywood and also politicians and different aspects in life, they have let that spirit come in. 
and they let God go and they let the Holy Spirit not dwell anymore and, and become so toxic in the temple that God says, you know what? We have to depart. That's gotta be mind blowing. That's, that's so huge. 15 verse and the Saul's servant said unto him, behold, now an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. And even the people see it. And when they say the servant said unto, and Saul's servant said unto him, behold, now an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Mm. God is going to let people see it before you see it sometimes. And you have to realize because of the circumstances that you place yourself in, we have to reap what we sow. My God. And then it says in the 16th verse, let our Lord now command thy servants, which are before thee to seek out a man who is cunning player on and harp. And it shall come to pass. When the evil spirit from God is upon thee, that he shall play with his hands and thou shalt be well. Do you understand how now you started to see how important music or psalms were in that time period? And even still tell today, we have music that has been able to even elude us and sometimes when we have heartbreak and we know the lyrics when we have heartbreak and heartache and we know happiness when we are seeing the beats and it becomes more and more profound on how our way of the music can connect to our mindset and our thought process. And sometimes the subconscious, you can hear a beat and you already know the lyrics just by how your memory was, even if it was from a heartbreak to joy, to sometimes being your children being born to you getting married or your first date, even down to the first kiss. And now you're starting to realize that music is subsequently, like I said, because of the first part. And please go back to the first part because Lucifer used to be able to be the archangel and he was the one that was giving praises to God. Now you're starting to see how much sin has been able to enter in. And now Saul is bombarded with an evil spirit. So now the people, the servants are starting to find out if they can find someone that can be able to soothe him when the evil spirit comes upon him. God is looking and searching for the ones that are being faithful and for the ones that are not faithful to God. Don't you know he's turning you over? My God. This is a perfect example of God saying that I am turning people over to the things that they are starting to love more than me. 
And it's a sad situation and it's, it's heartbreaking to say the least because all the different things that you desire, God is turning you over and that's heart-wrenching. And at the same time, don't you know Samuel is learning and knowing these things also? Because we become a part of God. We love what he loves and we hate what he hates. And, and at the same exact time, that should be the same for God's people. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. You should love what God loves and you should hate what God hates. And it, and then at the same exact time, don't you know, the way is so narrow that we have to go through to get to him. And at the same time, I understand that everybody has a, a picky mentality. Like for me, I can't have onions anymore. I'm picky because it makes me burp. Or I don't like a certain color because it makes me look bigger than what I am. Or I don't like a same, I don't like a certain smell if I'm pregnant because that would make me throw up. Or I would not want to, I used to, I love kimchi, but when I'm pregnant, I can't have it. I can't even smell it. It, it. it makes me gag. But at the same time, that's how sin should be to us. When we get to be in God's kingdom and, and God sways and we, we mature more and we, we start getting, being able to get off of the milk and go on to the meat. God is sitting up here and he's giving us specific instructions. You can't do that. You can't act like that. You can't be like that. You can't, you can't even listen to that or, or do that because guess what? That that you have in you, which is the Holy spirit or the Holy ghost, it will instruct you that I will not want to do because I want to make sure my temple is willing to go the distance and do what God says do. And man, it, it kind of hits you hard when Samuel has to be able to go. And I know that some of us, I don't know about you, but it hits me that every time when I have to go and I have to do what God says do, a lot of people think that, oh, you know, it doesn't hit her. Yes, it does. It hits me hard when I have to give a word to you because it goes and I'm I'm sitting here and I'm listening to what God is saying and, and it hits me first. Trust me, it does hit me and it hits me hard. Of how we as a people and as a nation can fall so far away from God. But yet and still when we want to sit here and we want to say God bless America. Why won't America bless God? Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. We want God to bless us in all of our riches and in our glory. But yet and still we want to sit here and do the stank stuff. We want to sit here and be nasty and do whatever we want to do. And then turn ourselves over and do what all of these lower gods or the sin that we have in our lives that we want to do but yet and still you still want God to bless us. No, we want to sit here and we should be having the audacity to honestly sit there and say, you know what? We messed up. We messed up. 
Now we need to sit there and say, Lord, please forgive us. Lord, forgive us of our thoughts and our actions. And also to the things that come that we have in our, in our lives and whatever the man says, we should be able to sit there and say, no, what does God say? What does the word say? What does he say that we should be doing? And also at the same time, cast down imaginations, those thoughts that are not of God, bind them up and cast them out. Start knowing what God needs for us to do. Ask him first, seek him first. And it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Why are you sitting up there and seeking mom, dad, sister, brother? They can give you great advice and I got nothing wrong with that. But when God says, what does he say? Because he's the one that has to be able to take you from point A to point B. But yet it's still, when you're going to point A and point B, you might have some valleys you got to go through. You got to go through some mountains. You got to go through some cliffhangers. And then at the same exact time, God might take you to that cliff and then having you to drop in order for you to soar. And I felt in my spirit that he had to have Samuel to drop Saul and his ways and thinking and his, his thought process and not being able to obey the word of God. He had to drop him. In order for him to go and do what God says do. I'm telling you. God will have situations. And circumstances where. He will pull you from people. That are not doing his will. And you will feel so hard. So. You know hurt. But then God will sit there and say you know what. I did it for you in order for you to move. If you did not see what I was seeing at that time, you would have stayed in it. Oh, y'all don't hear me though. Because this was this person, they supposed to be your friend. You would have stayed right there. But God said, no, I need you to go. I need you to elevate. I need you to be able to move. And I need you to be able to move when I say move. Not when they say, but when I say. See, sometimes we have to be able to sit there and say, okay, God, well, what did he say? Not, not, not what everybody else says, but what did God say in order for me to move? What did God have for me to be able to sit there and say, okay, God, let me, okay. I see what you said. Don't turn, don't turn left, turn right, go straight. And, and then I, I have somebody right there. See, sometimes I have to sit there and I had to remind myself through my husband that when God says it, I just have to sit there and honestly say, thank you, God. And we got to do the same. What do you mean, pastor? In so many situations that I've had on this week, and I've been praying and asking God for some things, that if it wasn't for something to happen or occurrence to happen, I wouldn't have been able to get the answers that I needed. If it wasn't for this person sitting there and saying, hey, I need this or I need that. I wouldn't have been able to know what's going on with the particular person in my life. 
Those are the things that we have to honestly sit there and say, thank you, Lord. I don't know about you, but I know that in this time, in this age, it's important to know when God speaks and he tells you to move, move. And it may not be something that you think is stable or think that it's crazy. Yeah, be crazy. That's fine with me. Because guess what? God is not an ordinary God. God has had so many prophets to move in a different way and having to them to be able to lay down and also be able to be naked and, and having to lay down and ha- sometimes facing left or or north or south or east or west. And those things would affect how the famine was coming, how rain was. I mean, just different things in the word of God. But you got to understand those prophets, even though we in our mindset, in the man's mindset was, oh, wait a minute, hold that. That's, that's crazy. But in God's mindset, don't you know that was spiritual because they were obedient. God had to be able to start doing some things because of Samuel's obedience. He was able to witness so many different things in his lifetime. And because of his willingness to be of God and do what God says do, you got to go back. Got to go back and read about Samuel and his lifestyle. You got to go back and understand that it was for God I live and for God I die. And then at the same exact time, God, my Lord, because he moved when God had said in his appointed time, Samuel was blessed. The people of Israel was blessed. And he didn't move just because, but because of him being blessed. Don't you know there was all of these other people that were blessed? And I'm going to say it like I mean it. It's not just for you. You, I'm telling you, you are an instrument of God. You are his example and you are his child. But I'm telling you, because of you moving, when you, when God says move, it is a huge impact because you're going to move and lead other people to Christ. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. When you move, when God says move, then guess what? That will be a whole lot more of people following God. Following his ways. Following his thoughts and his patterns. And then at the same exact time, every time that you're obedient, it won't be hard when it seems like, wait a minute, well, you need to go and, and, and be able to look out for this or, or look out for that. And, and at the same exact time, when you stretch out on obedience, people may say you look like a fool, but God is like, that's my child. And they're being obedient. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. I am not living off of mankind's ways. I'm living off of God's ordained ways. Let me say that one more time. God's ways are the best ways. I'm not living off on no man's voice. I'm living off on the Elohim, the El Shaddai, El Rapha. I'm living off of God's breath. Oh my God. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm living off of every word he has spoken in his word. And every time that he speaks to me and he sweetly speaks to me, my child, this is what he's saying. Then we need to obey. Now, let's get back. I'm going to leave it like this because we might have a third one. But I wanted to let you know. Every time you move, your emotions will get in the way. Your, your thought process is something about your pain in your, your body. I mean, finances, anything the enemy will try to affect. He will sit there and even put some friends and family in the way. But because of who God is in your life, you can't let what people say stop you. But do what thus says the Lord. And don't you see, once you move, you come out on top because of God. Not for you, not for your glory, but for God's glory. And also at the same time, note that God is still with us till this day. He has always been with us. And the journey is not going to always be easy, but you know what? God is with us and he's still on the throne. Amen. And he is the main reason, hmm, main reason why we are still living, moving and having our being. Amen. So move on today. Do what God says do. And then at the same exact time, they, wait a minute, they were like, wait a minute. Well, you know. When you sit there and you talk, Pastor, you don't know who this is for. Let me tell you something. I'm talking about for the ones that want to be stubborn as a mule. The ones that want to sit there and have to have so many confirmations. Don't you know that when God speaks, you need to move immediately because guess what? It's a time limit. Time sensitivity. Get your butt up, God is saying. And move when I say move. And then at the same exact time, make sure that your tundric butt realizes what the direction of God is wanting in your life. Stop sitting up here and you hear from God, but yet and still you don't do any action towards what God has already told you to do. Now, when you get to a certain point, God will instruct you again on what to do. And he's done that to me. But at the same exact time, I had to be obedient and move. Stop staying stagnant. Stop being stank in your mind situation and thinking that, oh, this is the way it's going to be. No, uh-uh, not for me. You need to sit there and say, you know what? I'm going to fight with every fiber of my being because I know that God is going to change it. But until he does, let me work. Let me do what you say do. Let me pray. Let me fast. Let me be able to get on my hands and my knees. Let me get into my word. Why won't you sit there and get off your funky butt and start doing what God says do? Why won't you sit there and realize that, wait a minute, God has called me to a higher being and higher elevation in him. Now go ahead and start moving. Stop sitting up here and waiting on so many umpteen confirmations. And don't you know that God gets sick and tired of people being stank? 
So he sits there and he says, you know what? Then I will move with somebody else. I'm going to go ahead and give it to someone else. And then you get mad and upset because someone else was able to move when God said move. You better sit your happy butt down. Now, you need to start realizing that God sit there. He told you what he needed for you to do. Now, don't sit there and sit there and seek out somebody else to tell you what God already said. And then you have the audacity to get an attitude when God sits there and says it to the person the way he told it to you. Okay, let me calm down. Because some of us don't want to move. We want to be a donkey. We want to be a mule. We want to sit there and prolong it. But God is sitting there and saying, look, time is short. God has shortened time. So much so that even the nights are shorter. That even the trajectory of the earth and the magnetic systems of it have changed some of the airports. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Look it up. Start realizing that God needs for you to move on today and move in his unction, move under his authority, move that way that God can sit there and say, that's my son and that's my daughter. Let him know that you are trying to do what he says, do be obedient the first time. And then you can be able to be blessed and not just blessed. But also in his perfect will, not his permissive will, not to just God's going to give you this and that. No, because you know what? Your heavenly father is sitting up there and cheering you on, not just you, but there is a host, heavenly host saying, wait a minute, you go girl, you go boy, because I know that you are making heaven your home. See, some of us don't realize the magnitude. So many people are waiting on you to go and preach the word, to teach the word, to prophesy the word, to do what thus says the Lord, to be able to go out into the streets and compel people to repent and do what thus says the Lord. Now, move. Wait a minute, Pat. No, I'm talking about get your happy butt up. Start sitting up there and doing what God says do. Stop sitting up there and being stagnant. Stop sitting up there and being under a ministry that is not growing. And God told you to move umpteen times and already told you to leave. Giving you permission to leave. And you don't go. No, that's on you. I don't want to be disobedient in this season. You need to make sure in 2023 that you need to be obedient and move and do what God says do. Reject your butt out of that seat. Get off the TV. Get off the phone. Get off the Facebook, the Internet. Go and get into the word of God and do what God says do. Start making sure that you have a conscious decision on what you want to do for God. He said, write it down and make it plain. And I I wrote some things down that I knew that I needed to write down. And then I need to be able to start making sure those things are well taken care of. Man, pastor, you, you saying, I'm telling you, move. 
Move with God. And I'm not talking about man's movement. I'm talking about God. And I'm talking about start seeking those things like which are heavenly and not on this earth. Start seeking God with the whole heart and the fullness of him. Start seeking him in your word. In your heart. Start seeking him as the lover of your soul. Start seeking after him just like you were seeking after your husband or your wife. Start seeking after him for the things that you need to be able to unlock in your life. And start making sure you know who God is. And not just part, but all. There is such a thing as knowing him and knowing him in the fullness and his glory. And I thank you, Lord, for blessing me. And I thank you, Lord, for all the listeners on today. I'm asking you, Lord, to come into their lives and to their hearts if they do not know you, Lord. For it says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and that shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart man believe unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Be like Samuel on today. Even though your emotions hurt, even though you've been through child abuse, molestation, I mean, so many different heartaches and pains, but you still keep going because God told you to move. You'll be blessed. I'm telling you had to do the same thing, but at the same exact time, keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. There are so many distractions now. So many things that the enemy wants us to do. But we need to keep all the things that's going on. Keep our hearts and our minds in God. Do not let the enemy distract you. Do not let him be letting you get fooled by what he's doing. He is playing all the time and you need to be on your game i'm talking about your 100 110 percent game of knowing the devices of the enemy now thank you for listening and if you like what you hear please follow us and subscribe to us find me on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, podbean amazon music and audible spotify and stitcher iHeartRadio, player fm samsung and podcaster and other major platforms such as youtube this show is a awesome show so please leave us a five-star rating this will help us in reaching more and more people and if you have any questions comments you can find me on facebook at it is written by l-a-t-o-n-y-a-u-l-l-o-a it is it is written at l-a-t-o-n-y-a-u-l-l-o-a And I am so privileged to be able to be your commentator on tonight. It has been my pleasure for the ones that have started with me and also the new new beginnings of listening to my podcast. Thank you so much for reaching out and being able to take a chance on knowing who God is and also listening and being obedient. It is time, high time that we all Listen to the word of God.
but also at the same exact time, equip yourself, reading your word, spend time with God, do what we need to do in order to see him. Amen. I cannot stress this enough. Be obedient and move in God. Move and shape wherever God needs for you to do and be in this time, in this season and watch him work. Let him know that he is a blessing in your life and knowing that it is going to be able to we win in the end. We win. We win. I don't care what the world says. We win. Also, make sure you know he is the author and the finisher of our faith on tonight. So I'm going to tell you this. Move. <laughs> man, Pastor, would you? Man, M-O-V-E. Move. Move your happy butt. When God says move, move. Not when man says, but when God says move. Amen. I hope and pray that this has blessed you. And I thank you so much for being with me. Kanon samida. Anyong.